everyone. Welcome back to Reflect Forward. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins. I hope you are having a fantastic day today. Today, my guest is Chad Wolf. He is a serial entrepreneur and the founder of The Gathering of the Kings, which I'll tell you about here in a minute. He is a serial entrepreneur. He has built, purchased, and sold multiple seven-figure businesses. He's invested in real estate. He's in consulting now. And he brings a very unique outlook to businesses with a background in both sales and operations. He tells the story of growing up with a single mom, finding his real dad when he was 24, and how that has shaped his mentality around leadership and growing and scaling businesses and getting things done. He is straightforward. He is brilliant. And I just love this interview. To talk a little bit about what the Gathering of the Kings is, it is an organization that helps ignite successful entrepreneurs with genuine connection points that intentionally develop a lifestyle of leveraging time, resources, and key relationships. So he has a mastermind group. He has expert speakers, and he does VIP events, which he talks about in this podcast. And Gathering of the Kings is also a podcast where he brings in guests to talk about how they are building their seven plus figure businesses. So hang tight and I will be right back with Chaz. All right, I'm back everyone with Chaz Wolf. Chaz, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. You know, uh, I, I'm honored, honestly, to be here. We were just having a little conversation back and forth, uh, a little admiration for each other, but I, I really am uh, super excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Oh, I've been so looking forward to this since uh, I was on your podcast. Uh, it was it was so great to meet you, and, uh, and we're just going to have a great conversation. Yep, I'm excited. Awesome. Okay. So tell us a little bit about who you are so that we get, that get some context about, yeah. uh, about, yeah. uh, your journey here. Yeah. Who, who is Chaz Wolf? Well, yeah. uh, little, little hidden fact that I don't even think you know this yet, but Chaz Wolf didn't exist until 11 years ago. I'm older than 11, obviously, but a long story that I won't share here, but a really cool part of who I am is that I met my dad. I was 24 years old um, I didn't know that he was my dad. I thought someone else was my dad, and he didn't even know I existed. And so um, the the real Chaz Wolf um, is still a lot of in a lot of ways um, figuring out who who Chaz Wolf is. And so I'm sure we'll play into some of that a little bit because we're here to talk about leadership, and a lot of that plays into it. But I'm a I'm a I'm a father. I'm a husband. A husband of 15 years. I've got uh, four little kiddos, and um, and I'm a business owner. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I'm a leader. I'm a community driver. I'm a builder, right? Like this is what you uh, were drawn to from last time we talked about. And I know that in all the things that I just mentioned, the companies, my marriage, my family, my children, I'm, I'm building like by block by block. Um, and it gets me, gets me excited. So Awesome. Okay. I'm sorry, but we just have to unpack the <laughs> not meeting your father until 11 years ago, because that obviously had to um, be shocking. And yeah. so you just have to give us a little bit of context of what sure. that was like for you and, yeah. you know, how it has impacted your last 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's impacted my whole life as you, as you can imagine, but, uh, I grew up single mom family. And so that, that reality is probably as you would assume, you know, uh, it was my sister and I and a single mom and my single mom worked two and three jobs. 
you know, the, the whole, the whole time still today, um, is the hardest worker that I know, um, just straight grit. And, um, I have an unbelievable amount of admiration for her. And, and now even being a parent myself, I have no idea how she did any of that. It's just insane. Um, and so, so that was until I'm 24 and I didn't, the, the, the guy I thought was my dad, uh, was never in my life in and out of prison. I never called him dad. I, I had no recollection or no understanding of what dad was like, you know, at all actually. And so, um, some circumstances happened when I was 24 that kind of revealed some information and, um, and kind of a long story is that, um, you know, they had, they had dated for a short period of time and, and she didn't know really who he was. And, and she just felt like, look, I'm going to pull up my, my, my bootstraps here and take care of business. And, and I don't really know what that would be like. And so I'm just going to take care of what, what's, what's in front of me. And uh, for that, I just, um, I cannot, again, give any more admiration than I already have given because it's just incredible that what she would do um, that obviously led to a journey of f- figuring out who this person is and and uh, all kinds of fun stuff. And I ended up changing my name and, you know, uh, like a whole well of information. So we can go, we can go way deep on that, but uh, hopefully that gives you a little taste. Yeah. I so appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah. I say, share a very similar story, single mom, two kids, hardest worker I know, pure grit. Um, yeah. so I'm, uh, we're like kindred souls here. Uh, yeah. I, I know who my dad was and have a little bit of a relationship with him, but yeah, it's hard, right? It's hard, yeah. um, growing up with, in a, in a single parent, uh, household, especially when your mom's working multiple jobs. So oh, yeah. Well, yeah. how do you think that shaped you? Oh yeah. I mean, well, I mean, we could probably dissect 17 different ways. Right. But, um, number one, you're right. She was busy a lot, but I'll tell you what, she never missed a basketball game for me or my yeah. sister. And so, the, I mean, like when I look at that situation, when you talk about leadership, right? Like she poured it all out. Like there was nothing left on the field as they say. Right. And so, um, when, when I, when I, when I think about me being a dad, number one, cause that's the closest relation, but then also being able to lead other people. Cause I've been leading people, you know, since I was in grade school, like helping other kids and like this idea of mentoring and helping others and pouring out, like, it's just kind of just who I am partly because inside of a single mom home, especially being the oldest and a son, I played the role of partner more than maybe son, you know? So there was a lot of things that I was exposed to or that I did, whether she asked me to do it or not, part of it probably just because I stepped up to do it, whatever those things were at that time. But a lot of things I experienced that maybe the average kid doesn't, which put me in positions of authority, leadership, um, responsibility, you know, pressure, (laughs) you know, all those things that people start kind of like maybe fumbling into after college in their twenties. And by the time I was in my mid twenties, like my, like the kind of like spot in life, I just described that some people kind of come out of their college education and they're kind of starting to figure things out. Like I was married, I owned a business. uh, I was working on my second and third franchise. Like I was so far, I was in, I was already in my thirties at 21, you know? And do you think you missed anything from that? Like, you know, looking back, yeah. I mean, I mean, of course. Right. Like I think that there's probably a lot that I quote unquote miss. Well, I mean, first off I missed a dad, yeah. right? You, you missed a dad, you know, you, mm-hmm. we didn't have maybe, maybe some guidance or maybe some vision or maybe some, like maybe even a stern hand at, at times. Just like, mm-hmm. Yeah. When we think about those things that, that, a that a dad is, you know, but, but I am who I am because of it. So it's, you can't look back and go, well, you know, she robbed me or he, you know, like, 
I mean, no. Like that automatically puts me in victim mentality. Not interested in that at all. I'm a hundred percent captain of my own ship. Um, and and then and then now I get to like experience the father's heart. Not only through my like earthly father, like I get to meet this guy and he's a, he's a pretty cool guy. In fact, he's a lot like me. He's got multiple businesses and we're kindred spirits, if you will, because guess what? We share the same DNA. There's a lot of stuff going on. That's pretty similar, which is kind of crazy and cool. But for me personally, in, in my like walk of faith and my family, like it's given me, yes, the heart of a father to receive as a son, but also the heart of the father to be able to give to my children, but more like even bigger than all that, like my father in heaven is just like a totally different perspective to me now because before it was intellectual. It was like, I know he's king, savior, like all these things we talk about in the world of faith, but it's like, ooh, I didn't know him as like dad, you know, like the one with a kind hand. You know, the one that's always been looking out for me. You know, the one that loves me even though he had to discipline me. You know what I mean? So that's all been all, you know, I could go a whole book of Revelation in that regard. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's marked me for sure. That's amazing. And so when did you know that you were an entrepreneur in all of this? Yeah, good question. I mean, um, I don't know if I knew what the word entrepreneur means. Uh, I'm still, I'm not college educated, so I'm not, I'm not uh, a super savvy guy. Um but I think that I was doing entrepreneurial things <laughs> pretty early. I was selling, you know, candy bars door to door. I was, um, you know, mowing lawns. My wife still today um, makes fun of me, basically, <laughs> for saying that I had a landscape company. I was like, no, no, no. I, I, I had the invoice book, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I yeah. legit wrote out the invoice, and they paid me. And, and uh and so, yeah, it was a company, but not, not really, not like we know companies, but that's all right. I, at 12, yeah, 13, it's a 14, mindset, right? It was a, you had the entrepreneurial mindset. You, I bet you owned a landscaping company, even that's if right. you were just mowing people's lawns. I love that. I love that's that. Right. It's, that's where your mind was, was coming from. Yeah. And, and probably more than anything, it was, look, there's not a whole lot as far as resources, you know, in a single mom family, you can relate to that, I'm sure. And mm -hmm. so. And then on top of that, you know, my mom, probably a lot like yours, was like, look, hey, if you're going to go get anything in life, <laughs> it's not going to be given to you, champ. And so get after it and don't be afraid to get after it. And and to this day, I would say, you know, uh, so I've made some really risky moves. And of course, I have a wife who believes and supports me. But right behind that, there's single mom, you know, Lisa, she's cheering me on going, take, I have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I believe in you and, uh, and I know that you're going to take down the next mountain because, um, because she, she poured that grit into me. Now, some of that's DNA. Like I told you, I've met my dad, he's got multiple businesses. Um, he's, he's a, he's a sharp tack and, uh, and I get a lot of wit and, and, uh, business kind of just acumen from, from, from just the natural DNA. Of course, I've got a bunch of experience at this point, but some of that comes from the DNA as well. I love it. I love it. My mom is the same way. She's just always tells me, she's like, I just, I don't know why you work. You work so hard. You're working so hard. And I just hope that it's worth it. I'm not hundred percent sure like what you're doing and where this is going, but yeah. Yeah. just work really hard and just make sure you take care of yourself. Okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, what do they, what do they do as entrepreneurs? Like that's, that's what most people actually look at at the world. They look at us and they're like, what are they doing back there? You know? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Making stuff happen is what we're doing. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Like what was your first business like? I know you've bought and sold something like seven businesses. Yeah. Um, so you know, what, wh where, where's your focus been? What did you do? Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so I started off in franchising. Um, so again, I already mentioned that I'm not college educated. And so for me, with the background that I just gave to you and knowing that I was a hustler, I wanted to make money. I immediately went into sales. I don't really have a sales profile. I'm not super extroverted. You know, you might think one thing being here on the show today, I've learned to be extroverted, but um, <clears throat> I went right into sales. I wasn't very good at it, but um, after a couple of years, I learned how to master that process and, and, and sell and make a really good amount of money which then led me into being able to purchase a franchise. So I purchased a, an existing location, Edible Arrangements is the brand. Six months later, I purchased the second one. Um, both of those stores, um, you know, I'm 25 at the time. We're doing, you know, probably 1.5, 1.6 million in sales. You know, the leaseholder on the first one didn't even want to do the deal because I was 24, right, trying to sign the lease. And, well, we don't know, you know, he's only 24, you know, and, and uh, the, the, the guy that was selling me the business was like, have you met him? You know, like, have you shook his hand? Cause the dude doesn't look 24 or, or sound like 24 or act like 24. And, um, and so, you know, six months later we purchased our second one. Um, a year later I opened up number three, that was from scratch. A year later I opened up number four, that was from scratch. And a year later I opened up two from scratch and purchased one in another state. So four years in, I'm 20, almost nine. We have seven locations, three States, 65 employees. And, and I'm, you know, not even 30. And I'm, I'm like fast tracking to leadership, you know, in my own businesses. I'd done sales. Obviously I had led multiple sales teams. Um, been, I was very successful in grouping people together and motivating and inspiring and, 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 um, even personality, um, you know, fits and moving people around in different seats on the bus and making it all happen. And then I was able to put it all into my own. Right. And that's really as an entrepreneur, like, Ooh, yeah. this is not just someone's team in a corporate environment. We come to our cubes, but like, man, this is mine and I get to like kind of do whatever I want. But you know, I was inside of a franchise system. That's all cool. And, um, I still own a few of those today, but we, you know, uh, probably five, six years ago, we expanded into real estate. And so I have a real estate investing, um, business where we do lots of different types of real estate, short term, long term. I've got some multifamily in there. We have a remodeling company that's obviously associated very closely to a lot of those investments and, and even to the public. Um, and then gathering the Kings, which, you know, you were on that show. Um, really stemmed out of me. Um, I, I started a sales course. I, w I didn't really want to be like a sales coach or anything. So I built a sales course and just trying to figure out how I could help people. And that worked, that worked its way into like working with entrepreneurs and sales strategy and, and bigger picture strategy, sales teams, and maybe even personality stuff and corporate training, leadership training. And I'm like, okay, I don't really want to be like a one-on-one -on -one coach. Like, so what is this to me? And so gathering the Kings actually is like, for me, it's like the fulfillment of what I believe I'm supposed to do kind of forever and ever, which is gathering these large business owners together in this peer to peer format, because it's not just about me. I don't want to be the guy. I want to be one of the guys for sure. Or ladies, you know, we've got some Queens. Um, but the reality is, is that <clears throat> I wanted it to be a, a, a gathering of leaders because I think that just at some point, the pinnacle of leadership is actually creating leaders or helping other leaders, even them, them help create leaders. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. So how did your motivation change throughout this, right? Going to franchises now you're in this, you know, this other realm of, of helping business leaders become better leaders, helping businesses right. grow. Yeah. Um, so how did your motivations change in your early twenties when you're buying that first franchise to where you are now? Yeah. And so, um, inside of gathering the Kings, I've labeled all this, this language as warrior to King transfer or, or like, um, 
a transition. And so in, in the warrior stage, which was totally me in sales and, and most of my edible arrangements career, which is like, just get after it, like work, grit, all the stuff that we talked about. And yeah, I was putting leaders in place and I was, you know, I was pulling levers and I was, you know, it wasn't like I was wearing all the hats, but I was pretty much wearing all the hats and had a bunch of employees, but it was pretty flat. You know, I had a couple managers, some store managers, but I was the guy, right? That's what the warrior is. And in any business, when there's just this one force, um, it's survival, really. Even though I had a big business, it was, it was survival. Um, I was running around like crazy. And so the, 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 to answer your question there, at that time, the motivation was, you know, growth or, or maybe a certain amount of money. And I'm just trying to take care of my, my, my little baby family at the time and maybe a little bit of ego. I was kind of after like, I'm the youngest franchisee in the system. Maybe I'll be the youngest franchisee with the most locations. Maybe I'll have the most revenue, like a lot of ego driven stuff. That's all warrior stage. And that's not a problem. It's just a problem if you stay there, right? So the king mindset is there's this, it's, it's like a, a no longer internal focus. It's like, okay, there's people around me. There's my team, right? There's the families of my team. There's my family, my wife, my kids, right? My community, my church, like all these people around me are counting on me. And that's the mindset of the keen is like, yeah, I'll take it. Like I actually get excited about taking the weight, right? One of our core values is uh, that we're levity. Kings are levity, right? We remove pressure so that people can have joy. And actually removing the pressure is joyful to a king because this is what we live for, right? And I know we had a similar conversation yeah. on our show. It's like, no, no, I get to like, I get to like really like get into the midst of like pressure and big decisions mm -hmm. and all this stuff that a king handles, but it affects so many people around. So that's the motivation now is like, okay, it's impact, it's influence, it's fulfillment, right? So I can totally appreciate that. And I think part of that is maturing as leaders um, sure. and learning as we're going. But was there something that helped you shift from that shift warrior mindset to a king mindset? I don't know if it was like a specific moment in time, but it was it was the awareness of others. And I've always been others oriented. I think leaders are right. Like I can be in warrior mode and still be a leader. I had I had lots of employees. I was leading people well. I was still. Um, even in, even in the corporate environment, I was a good leader. I, I produced the most sales managers as a sales manager, more sales managers had come from my team than any other team in the country or yeah, in the company. And, um, and, and that was something that I, I held onto like that. This was important to me, but you mature. And so I think it's just the recognition that your decisions impact like way more than just you. And yes, even as a leader, you realize that like in your little role, you're leading other people, but it's bigger than that. It's, it's part of your fulfillment. It's part of who you're designed to be as a leader, as a business owner, as a king, as a queen, whatever label we want to put on it. It's the recognition of like, okay, in order for me to actually be all that I'm designed to be, to reach full potential, reach full fulfillment, I've got to go to another level of impact. I think that's what it is. Yep. Understood. Um, so, you know, I think a lot about this because, uh, my biggest motivation is impact too. And I was having a conversation with, um, one of my podcast guests, this gentleman named Ron Carson, and he's a billionaire now, but six years ago he wasn't. And he was wow. very frustrated and stuck and had a mindset of scarcity instead of abundance. And wow. we talked about the power of doing like the inner work and how important yeah. that is to be able to have an impact. 
And yeah. it, you know, maybe that sounds counterintuitive to some people, like, why do you have to turn within to be able to give more? And, yeah. and you really do, like, you have to understand yourself, you have to work on your baggage, you have to yep. let things go, you have to understand how you impact people. And when you're constantly doing that work to improve yourself, to improve your human experience, then you do have the ability to make a bigger impact. So what is the self-work that you do, um, you know, or that you have been doing that's helped you along this transformation? Yeah. Well, first off, that is a ginormous question. So I'm going to try really hard to answer it um, in a helpful way for the listeners. But he, you, this topic is 100% accurate. And that's, and I guess my my answer just a few minutes ago of, of being aware of these things a lot of times you don't get the awareness until you do the self-work right you got to turn in like you just said and that does sound counterintuitive but it you have a cup you have a cup right and the cup can't runneth over <laughs> if it's empty and so i just look at it as like okay so if i'm going to be a, an impactful leader not just one who can like communicate and i can you know, lead people in a workplace, like all those things are really good. And most likely something that maybe is somewhat natural within characteristic traits of a personality. Um, maybe not, but those things can be learned and, and groomed. And, and, and like, that's like, those, those things can just happen. The impact that you're talking about has to come from like deep down of like who you are, who you mm -hmm. believe that you are, who that you believe that you're designed to be. Right. And so that's then that's like, okay, well, I got to get rid of some stuff. I got to, I got to gain some stuff. And so for me, a lot of that has to do with faith, right? So my, my, my spiritual journey, especially as a, as a young man who didn't have a dad, right? And so I can think of <clears throat> like super high and, you know, um, intellect, super high logic, like it's got to make sense to me, right? So that doesn't really go well with faith a lot of times, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? That's like a recipe for like, uh, prove it to me. Um, and then I'll believe it, which is not that that's the little opposite of faith. Right. And so yes. there's been multiple circumstances in my life, including the situation with my dad, where I've had to be, I've had to, I've had to be in a situation where I not only looked at the details or the circumstance that I was in, but then also questioned myself of like how I was going to deal with it. Let me give you an example. The situation I just expressed with my mom, right? Like the things that like came about were, you know, she knew who he was and didn't tell me, right? Now, there was good reason in her mind to do that because she was taking good care of her son, and that's what she knew. She didn't know any different. It was what it was. But I could easily take that and be offended. I could say, you know what? You didn't tell me, and you should have, and, and right now I'm victim mentality again. And, <clears throat> and so because I didn't do that, it opened up so many areas of not only forgiveness that I needed to give, of course, her, but my dad to give her, my grandparents, I would have been the first grandson, the first grandchild, right? right? Big deal. It was like all granddaughters and then a couple grandsons at the begin at the at the end. My grandmother my grandmother absolutely wanted a grandson and I would have I would have been that that first fulfillment for her, right? But, but what can we do? Right? So because I didn't make a big deal out of it or because I forgave, because I had already done inner work, books that I had read, things that I was doing in my spiritual journey, reading the Bible, praying, working through things with my wife even, like all of that is inner work. So that when a situation comes like this, I'm not harboring anything. Like in fact, if anything, I was able to help my mom walk through like, her own inner work during that mm -hmm. time. You know what I mean? Like this mm -hmm. is impact. It's not only so that you can do inner work, it's so that you can help others 
have impact. And they have to do their inner work in order to be able to have impact also. And so my mom will have that. Our story, maybe it'll be on, on TV. I don't know. Probably not. But the scenario is still the same where she's got to work through this. And guess what? A lot of the keys for her being able to unlock that were with me. And if yeah. I had not done that ahead of time, you know what I mean? Does that, uh, does that answer the question a little bit maybe? Yes, it's good. It's brilliant. And I so agree, right? We can, we can set the tone um, based on how we choose to respond to right. the adversities in life and 100%. how we respond impacts every single person around us. It could have been a much more negative experience for your mother if you right. would have said, I'm angry about this. Right. Even the situation that you just gave about your previous guest, you said he, he was maybe in a negative mindset or a lack mindset. That's, that's a response uh, yeah. to pressure, right? And he was probably in some sort of a pressure situation. Maybe it's, it was money related. Maybe it was business related. Maybe it was family related. I don't know. But his thinking in response, uh, lack mindset, um, is, is a response that you've got to like really get in there and go, why, why do I feel nervous about this? Why am I concerned? Why am I thinking that there's not enough Right. Um, or that there that there's not enough that I can just go create more or that there's not an abundance. Right. There's there's a reason for that. There's a pressure inside of you that you got to figure out. And that maybe that comes from you know a situation when you were seven and your mom said, yeah. don't ever spend blah, blah. You know, who knows? You know, you got to figure that yeah. out. Yeah, agreed. So now all of this is all really amazing work that you've done. And. It's important to be able to translate this into the workplace. Like I sure. always am talking to my employees about having a mindset of power and how you step into your power rather than the victim mentality. And, yep. and, um, and that's not always easy. So how do you bring this to your employees and how do you help anybody who's stuck in a victim mentality get yeah. out of it? At work? Yeah. So I think, so the, um, in order to get out, you have to realize what you, what it is. Right. Um, and so what it is, this victim mentality or that, um, there, there is no such thing as fairness, right? Like yeah. fairness doesn't exist. Um, I have these conversations with my six-year-old daughter because she'll say something like, you know, she got two, that's not fair. And, and look, I go full blown coach mode, right. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> totally. we don't use fair in this house. And let me tell you why, like, obviously I'm doing it with some, with some tax. She's six, but the reality stays the same. Okay. I'm going to give you an example. And, and a lot of times I'm going to talk like I am now in a word picture, just like I'm going to with an employee or just like I'm going to do on a podcast or just like I did with my six-year-old because the, when someone gets it, that's when they can step into their power. And so I'll give you a quick example. This relates to my story, but probably a lot of listeners and probably a lot of our employees. There was a video I saw um, going around social media probably two, three years ago, and it was this. It was a coach outside, and he had like a PE class, and there were lots of kids, <clears throat> and they were all standing on a line, and they were going to race to the other side of the field where the other line is. We've all done this. And so, but before he hit the, like, okay, okay, time to go, whistle, he said, if you had two parents, take one step forward. If you had only one parent, take one step back. If you grew up in this part of the city, take two steps back. If you had this, take steps forward, back, back, forward. And just he kept going back and forth and back and forth, right? And so before the race started, there was a couple people that could just step over the line and win, right? And then there were some people so far back that it seemingly was unfair. Life itself, right? Unfair. And unfortunately, the message of the video isn't what I'm going to make it. But when I saw that scenario, it was this. 
unfortunately, life pits us against each other. And we say, well, it's unfair because that guy had two parents or that guy knew his dad or that guy had money given to him or that guy fill in the blank. And all he's got to do is step over the line in order to quote unquote win. Right. But the game of life is not about if he wins, I don't. Yep. Right. I have a longer way to run than that guy. But that doesn't mean that I can't win. Right. So the reality is, is that as long as I can see that and go, okay, well, it's no longer a and everybody goes and and the first guy across the line wins. And then I'm like, well, I throw my hands up. Of course, I'm not going to win. Right. Why would I try? That's victim mentality. But as soon as I understand that I can win, like legitimately, I have a chance. All I need to know is how. Okay, so for me, as a single a son of a single mom, I'm there's <laughs> there were things that I needed to learn and to be able to grow in um, that maybe a buddy of mine who had two parents and college educated and he's got connections that I don't never have probably never will, but that's okay. How do I win the game? I'm much more like gritty and tactful than he is. He's all about you know like high level relationships because that's what his parents taught him to do, and I hope to teach my children that but for me i had to read like hundreds of books communication mindset because i didn't have anybody willing to share that information with me so once you firstly understand that life is not fair then you can understand it's not about like if if that billionaire like oh he became a billionaire this last year oh i might as well quit no if anything he just proved that yet another person can become a billionaire and me and you should go do it too right Totally agree. I love it. That was brilliant. So good. So good. And you know what I also love about that, that visualization that you just gave is that it helps people who are at the line because of the circumstances in their lives, much of which, you know, they had nothing to do with, um, Mm -hmm. some of which absolutely they do. It helps them understand that those people who have had those adversities in lives that they've had to move further and further away from the finish line. That's a really real thing. And I think that there's such a disconnect with people who are like, well, I did it. Why can't everybody else? But we don't always see those stories, right? The stories that people have of adversity, hardship, abuse, trauma, all of those things that they have to, yes, go do the inner work. And hopefully they can find that within themselves, within yep. their you know faith, within their family, yep. within you know somebody to help them yep. be able to start to move towards that finish line. But nobody is always at the finish line. And I think a lot of times people forget that, that, yep. hey, you know what? I maybe had it a little bit easier than these other people. And so what can yep. I do to lift them up oh, yeah. and help them, right? Yeah. Hundred percent. I'll, I'll add one quick thing on there because um, you know there's people like you and me that are the opposite of that. We're saying we actually did start further back, and if okay. we can do it, you can do it. So there really are no excuses. But it is tough when someone, <clears throat> seemingly like our children, maybe look at someone who grew up like us and say, "Well, freaking get it together." Although that's still the right message. It's just harder to like digest coming from somebody who maybe had the silver spoon. The reality is, is that the answer is that you can do it. And most yep. people don't want to, most people yeah. don't want to not, they, they, most people don't want more than average, right? Like you said, we're never done. In fact, even if you were given all this stuff and you're only a foot away from the finish line, 
the finish line moves because if you realize what yeah. we just talked about a little bit ago, that impact and like all these people around you are actually what it's really all about, then that, that finish line keeps getting pushed out further and further. And maybe that's money related or maybe the size of the company or the fact that now we're employee owned and, and we're making a million millionaires, right? And that, and that what yeah. it was? So it's like yeah. you, the, the finish line keeps getting pushed out for the people who understand that this is a game. And this is, this is a scenario that is never going to end, and I don't want average. I don't even want now. I don't consider myself average today, but if I stay here today, right here, I would be, no, like, no. <laughs> that, would be, yeah. that would drive me nuts. So there, there's a couple of different levels here, I guess is what I'm saying, is that you can have the person, like maybe me, who step way far back and go, okay, that, that guy needs encouragement, but he also needs a swift kick in the hiney saying, look, dude, if I can do it, you can do it. Then there's also the guy that's on the front side or the, the gal that's on the front side that you're right, maybe did was given a couple of extra things and they need to use that influence and that things that was given to them to be able to, to lift up some of the others behind them. But the person that's way back shouldn't be expecting that of the other guy or the other gal. They shouldn't be waiting on someone up ahead to, to look back and give them a helping hand. Just go get it done because that's what you and I did. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. But I do think that the key thing that you said there is that swift kick in the butt, right? I think that the power of mentorship, it, it mean, we, it is not understated um, because I look at the situations in my life up and down where I've gone coming, you know, hitting rock bottom. I absolutely could not have done it without help. Right. Without yeah. those yeah, yeah, the yeah. mentors, without somebody who says, you're right. And it wasn't somebody who's necessarily ahead, but people who are like, look, even though you don't believe in yourself right now, because yes. there was absolutely a time when that happened, when I was just like, I'm giving up. And they said, I believe in you. And here's what yes. I'm going to do to give you that swift kick in the butt, but yeah. also be compassionate and help you. Like I would not be sitting here where I am today. Yeah, so that power of that mentorship is really something that is important yeah. in this journey to acknowledge. And yep. if you are listening and you do feel stuck and you do feel like you're way behind, right? Finding that mentor, finding somebody who has been there, done it, who can yep. help hold you accountable accountable and yeah. who can help support you is so important, you know, to speed up the process. Doesn't mean it's not yeah. going to happen, but it definitely, definitely makes it easier. The shift that you just made, put the responsibility in the person that's quote unquote behind the, the yeah. person that needs help, whether you're in your situation or that I'm just a young kid and I'm not college educated. Like <laughs> it puts the ownership in your role, my role of going, okay, I need help. And absolutely there's people out there who are further down the road who will help a hundred percent. Um, and some of them are looking actively, maybe like you and I, inside of a, a business or inside of a mentorship program right. to help others. But but a lot of them aren't. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just means that they're only going to be available to help you if you ask. So you got to first take exactly. ownership. <laughs> and and hopefully the the like you know get your act together. Uh, you know comments I was making earlier. It's not you pull yourself up. Yes, there is a reality to that. You have to be able to uh, strengthen yourself and strengthen your mind and and um, but. A lot of that comes, what you're saying, with the help of others. You just have to be strong enough to say, hey, I need help, and I need to reach out to this person. And then a lot of people are willing to help, surprisingly enough. Yeah. Yeah, I I love it. I can't remember who said it. I think it was actually um, uh, one of the Supreme Court justices, but she was talking about the difference between her and Clarence Thomas. And, you know, Clarence Thomas, of course, grew up dirt poor, you know, and he has a remarkable, remarkable story of how he got to where he is. But I love what she said because it's so what I believe. And it's exactly what I did. It's like, you know, you can believe that everybody just needs to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and there's value to that. There's merit to that. 
But what happens if they can't reach their bootstraps? Isn't it nice when you have someone who just helps you reach those bootstraps so then you can pull them up? And I I got goosebumps when it when I when I read that that statement that she said because I was like, yes, that is it. And if we could just see that, that sometimes you just need a little bit of help, but the real value comes from you doing it, right? I mean, I didn't, I am where I am today because I worked my butt off because I created opportunities, but I never take it for granted that I had help and that I had certain opportunities that, you know, people took some risks on me and I'm so grateful for, and I never, ever, 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 ever discount the, oh, yeah. how that played a role in me getting to where I am. And so I just think that's such a great metaphor for, for, you know, life. How do we help people reach their bootstraps? And then it's up to them to pull them up. Yeah. It, <laughs> and it's true. so anyway, yeah. Yeah. The ownership piece there, it lies with the person, right? Um, and yeah. which I love, like, <clears throat> because when you realize that you have control, the ownership lies with you, yeah. even if you can't reach them. You can, you can be cognitive of the fact that, ah, I can't reach my bootstraps, right? Like there's still this yeah. awareness and, and that you need help. You may not know even that you need to reach your bootstraps, but you're, you're floundering around. And, and sometimes, even if you don't know what to ask help for, getting in the right circle, getting in the right relationship with a mentor, like you said, which, you know, at a, at a high level, Gathering the Kings does this, but it's, it's, it's not for maybe not necessarily a, like a bootstrap pull-up, but even in business, like you know as well as I do, because I'm, I'm pretty sure you're part of peer groups as well, but there's a scenario here as business owners that we can share with our team, our spouse, but probably not everything. And it's like a little limited, like, ah, you know, I, I don't have anybody like me necessarily. And so, again, it's the same thing. Like, you can just go out here by yourself and keep running your business, and I'm sure you'll be successful. It's a little different, little different angle on what we're talking about, but it's the same exact thing. You're over here by yourself, and... But if you had a people, a group of people around you that were like you, it's like lightning speed, so much faster and, and certain circumstances just whiz by because you can pull onto the networks or to the experiences yeah. of all these other people, which is the exact same thing you're talking about with mentorship, even if it's a scenario, I'm just starting off in life and business. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally agree. I always tell people always, always, always get into a peer mentoring, a peer networking. I'm in YPO, EO. I mean, you know, what you're doing, there's just so many different ways to be able to surround yourself with people who um, have been there, done it. So it doesn't feel so lonely and you can do it together. I just had one of my employees talk to me about a support group that he was joining uh, um, uh, for a health issue. And he's like, oh my God, there's people like me and he's inspired yeah. to do something bigger with it when he just all of a sudden realized like, I'm not alone in what I'm That's experiencing. Right. It's That's amazing powerful. what it can do for you. Yeah. James yeah. Clear, Atomic Habits talk, talks about this. He says, you know, join yeah. a group of people that are like you that who have the desired habit that you desire. And guess what? Your individual identity now becomes you know sucked into the group identity and you see them as you because they're like yeah. you. And all of a sudden they're regular things that, that you're trying to get done in your life becomes so much easier because you see them as you and if they can do it you can do it that yep. easy yep love it love it all right so tell me what's coming next for gathering of the kings like what is your yeah. next 10-year vision of, of where you're going yeah i appreciate that opportunity um we're, we're on a on a mission right now um our vision is maybe not quite 10 years but uh we have a a three-year vision to have a thousand kings um and and i say kings lightly because king is mindset not necessarily masculine but you know, the majority of, of our current members are, are men, but, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fellowship of 
elite entrepreneurs that are grateful, but not done. Right. So there's this, there's this realization that we've just talked about it the whole entire time that there's still more, that there's still untapped potential. There's fulfillment that I'm headed towards where this is only a false top. I get to enjoy this top on the mountain. Like it's beautiful, but the top's up there. The real top is up there and, and that's where we're headed. And so I just want to gather um, a thousand Kings together in a way that's not only impactful to them and their businesses, but the thousands of employees, the tens of thousands of employees that will be touched, the families of those employees. Um, it's incredible. And then one other thing that I'm throwing out there, because this is brand, brand new, but it's so close to my heart. <clears throat> Every entrepreneur that I've talked to, and I'm pretty sure we had this similar conversation on my show as well, but there, there's a level of I'm obsessed with my business. Every entrepreneur feels this way. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in business because it's crazy hard, and we do it because we're obsessed with it, period. But I also forget sometimes that I'm married <laughs> and that I'm a dad. And it's like, oh, crap, I got to like balance all this. And it's like, oh, wait a second. Let's just throw that word out. We'll throw fairness out. We'll throw balance out. I'm not sure if I'm a big fan of those words. But here's what I am a fan of, obsession. And I can obsess over my marriage. I can obsess over my kids and building them like I obsess over building my businesses. And so we, we are, um, we're doing a cruise, a family mastermind cruise in June. This will be the first time that we do this. This will be expounded out, I'm sure, in the future to something much bigger. But for right now, we've got about 20 spots on this cruise in June. And we've got some elite business owner families that are married and have kids that value these three areas, marriage, kids, family, or uh, business. And, and we're going to go on a family vacation that, oh, by the way, we get to be alongside 15, 20 other elite business owner families. And so that's going to create relationships and kids are going to play together and that's going to be awesome. But I'm going to curate literal sessions on marriage and some other sessions on parenting and family and some other sessions around business and what's happening in the market and investing and all this fun stuff that we like to talk about. And we're going to put it all together and we're going to see what happens. <laughs> I so, love it. You have to, you have to tell me, tell me, tell me. I love it. That's yeah, so inspiring. Excited. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we cool. change lives, Very right? Cool. That's what you were after you and me both, yeah. right? Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, as we wrap things up, I have two final questions for you. Okay. So the name of this pod, and I'm super excited to hear what you have to say. Uh, so the name of this podcast is called reflect forward. What does reflect forward mean to you? Well, I'm, I'm a, I already told you I'm pretty literal. So the first thing that came to my mind was fail forward, right? It, it, to me, it felt the same. Reflect forward, fail forward. What that means for me is that, yeah, I'm going to reflect back. Um, but you get, you get in car accidents looking in the rearview mirror. Um, looking out the windshield forward is how you drive. And so I'm a firm believer of vision and forward thinking and let's just go, right? And yes, I can use that rearview mirror and I can be reflective. I think the inner work that you've talked about is a part of that. Some of the things that uh, are in our past that maybe are holding us back, but then also just the mistakes and good decisions. We talked about this on my show. Mm -hmm. how, can I, how can I reflect on those things to m put the ingredients in myself, in my team, in my family, so that we can go to the next level? What do you think about that? Love it. Love it. Love it. That's awesome. I love the windshield uh, rear view mirror analogy. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, it is. E easy to understand. I'm a simple guy. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I don't think you're simple, but uh, I appreciate <laughs> the simplicity of that. <laughs> good, good. All right. Last question. Uh, if you had one piece of advice to give to leaders who want to be the best uh, at what they do, what would that be? Give, give, give. Serve, serve, serve. And I'll expound for you because that can obviously mean a lot of things, but mm -hmm. 
when a leader desires like actual leadership or impact, that's really what we're saying. They desire to impact other humans. Um, you do it because it's the right thing. You do it because your cup is full. Um, you do it without expectation of a promotion or the response of this person. <clears throat> you, you do it because it's what you're designed to do. And yep. when you do that enough and with the right heart posture that I just described, it is endless. The good seeds that that harvest, uh, or the heart, the good harvest that comes up from those good seeds. And, um, and sometimes it doesn't come up right away. Sometimes as a good leader, you get, you get kind of cake in the face. Um, you know, I've been in that scenario several times, even in corporate America, when I was supposed to be groomed for the next position and, and, and wasn't chosen, even though I had the best stats and all the support of the people and, you know, whatever it's like, as a leader, you just do these things. We do the podcast. You do your podcast. I do my podcast because it's the right thing to do because we're impacting people. And who would have known that you and me would have met and who knows right. even currently what will come out of this, but that's how yeah. leaders think they do it because it's right. They do it because of the right heart posture. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. That was beautiful. Good. I'm, I'm excited to excited to have given uh, some value and, and hopefully someone can do something with it. Absolutely. Uh, there's so much good stuff in here. Um, so before we go, how can people find you? Yep. Gatheringthekings.com is a great website to check out um, the the mastermind. <clears throat> and that's for seven-figure businesses and above, seven, eight, and nine. And uh, gtkfamilymastermind.com is the, is the other one. Like I said, pretty new. Um, and we're kind of figuring this thing out. But gtkfamilymastermind.com will get you the information um, about this elite business owner, family, vacation, marriage thing that we got going on. I love it. Well, I will make sure to include both of those websites and your social media handles uh, all yes. in the show notes so people can yeah, contact LinkedIn, you. Facebook, all that. Awesome. Uh, Chaz, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you for another 45 minutes like we did last time. I can't wait yeah. for our next conversation. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I so appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. All right. Hang tight, everybody. I'll be right back. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to that interview. I hope you just enjoyed getting to know Chaz and that really insightful conversation, uh, philosophical, spiritual conversation. That was a lot of fun. I look forward to hosting you on next week's episode of Reflect Forward, advice from a CEO. We're going to be talking about some interesting things I hope will be helpful. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe to it, write a review, like it, share it with a friend. It helps with the algorithms and it helps share these amazing stories that are out there. People who you never would know if you didn't listen to a podcast and gain insight from some brilliant, brilliant, brilliant minds. Take care. See you next week. 